Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Son, you got a panty on your head. Just drive fast, kid. Turn to the right! The first time I met Ed was in the county lockup in Tempe, Arizona. You're a flower, you are. A day I'll never forget. I do. You bet I do. Okay, then. My lawless years were behind me. Our child-rearing years lay ahead. But... <laughs> Biology conspired to keep us childless. You go right back up there and get me a toddler. I need a baby hide. I got more than I can handle. At the time, Ed's little plan seemed like the solution to all our problems. And the answer to all our prayers. He's beautiful. What are you kidding? We got us a family here. I want Nathan Jr. back. Hello, welcome to Rewatchability. It's the podcast where we rewatch movies and TV shows and see how they hold up today. It's literally just a description of the show. Yeah. In case you're just joining us. (laughs) Uh, With me, as always, is... Robert Larone. And... Blaine Waters. And I'm Jay McNabb, and we're part of the Entertainment One Podcast Network, and we're joined by a very special guest this week, Todd Van Allen. Hello. Host (laughs) of the Comedy Above the Podcast... I'm comedy above, Very close. Host of the Comedy Above the Pub podcast. That is, that is my 3PO truncation of that one. <laughs> and you've selected a very special movie to yes. talk about today. It's the Coen Brothers 1987 classic, uh, Whistling Dixie, no, <laughs> Raising Arizona. And big movie to talk about. I don't think we've yeah. ever talked about a Coen Brothers no, movie. Yet. No. Really? Yeah. How do you guys find work? <laughs> How? I hear they're not that good. No, they're horrible. They're, they're just, you know. <laughs> well, they're, they're almost the too good. Yeah. Like, they're unimpeachable. Yeah, I mean, right. except for their impeachable movies. Yeah, like they're Lady Killers. Impeachable and... cruelty. <laughs> see, <laughs> right, see yeah. even with Lady Killers, that was one I enjoyed. And I still have yet to see the Sir Alec Guinness one. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a great Because there's, the there's just lovely moments in that one. Yeah, where it's just a sure. coach. Coach, like it's just like that dummy. Yeah, and I mean, I, yeah, Coen Brothers are full of moments. Like, mm-hmm. They they find a moment, right? They stick with it, and they can, like sure repeat it and it. come back to it. Yeah. Right. Their worst movie is still a pretty good movie. Yeah, exactly. Point, I think. Yeah. Which yeah. one? I oh, I'd say probably the Lady Killers or Intolerable Cruelty. See, I love Intolerable, Intolerable Cruelty. Cruelty. Do you? Yeah, I think it's a great movie. I really do. Okay. We should do that on a podcast. We should be I'll talking about it. one of those ones. <laughs> right. Well, we're going to... I can shift if you need. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, we're going to talk about a movie. We'll see how we thought this one held up because right. I, I hadn't seen it for a long time. Todd, you suggested this. When right. was the first time you saw it? What did Raising Arizona mean to you? I saw it in the... I'm pretty sure I saw it in the theaters in 87. Right. 
So, and it would have been in Kingston mm-hmm. at the Capitol okay. Theater down there in there, there and just blown away by it. And it became one of those movies that when I went to rent movies, let me explain. <laughs> Before you could just pop on movies onto your television or your phone, yeah. you had to go to a store and pick up a physical VHS cassette rendering of said movie. Yeah, it, we, we, that numbers. doesn't sound true. And it, it might be in, it might not be in, and typically when they weren't in, the things I wanted to see, I would go Raising Arizona, that's my go-to, and I just kept watching it and watching it. Oh, wow. cool. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, for me, it was the intro into the Coen Brothers. Right. And well, it was their second movie. Yeah, it was their second one. And I didn't one. know that until doing this podcast. Right. I totally. So in the same video store where I would repeatedly rent Raising Arizona, they had the Coen Brothers, they advertised on the cover, the Coen Brothers first from the makers of Raising Arizona, like they rebranded it, right? right, right. Yeah. It's like, it was Blood Simple. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, okay, Blood, let's watch this one. It sounds be, hilarious. It sounds great, right? <laughs> oh, a laugh riot. Yeah. My thighs and ribs are going to be so sore from the cracking <laughs> and the slapping. And I had to stop halfway through because if I'm not mistaken, up to that point, that was my first film noir. That I'd oh, ever really? seen because okay. it was it was their film noir. It's how they introduced themselves to yeah, the world. Yeah. And I stopped halfway through and I had to re like pick up where I left off the other the next day. I'm not getting these jokes. It was too heavy, right? <laughs> I'm sitting there going, "Am I watching it wrong? Like, how is this not working?" And it yeah. just and so it just it impressed upon me that these these brothers knew what they were doing in terms oh, of yeah. like being able to and their their work after that showed a testament to it. They're able to pick a a point in time. And exploit that particular oeuvre. That that pati- they get the feeling of it, right? Yeah, yeah. like a like, place or a culture or mm-hmm. a person. Yeah, like, like Mil- Miller's Crossing, their next one, which mm-hmm. was a 1920s prohibition gangster movie. Yeah, right. Never have you heard sort of like that dialogue. Yeah, in yeah. gangster movies, it was yeah. like you know, what's the rumpus? What's yeah, what's the rumpus? Like, take your flunky and dangle. Yeah. When? <laughs> yeah. First of all, which one is my flunky? I'm not really sure. And how does one dangle? Yeah, and, and like it's like it's that they they just Fargo as well. Like they really yeah. know they know how to pick sort of like the, their surroundings and, and kind of go about it. And then mm-hmm. this this was sort of my first introduction to that. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because the dialogue in this is pretty weird too. I didn't really yeah. remember how stylized it mm-hmm. is. Yeah, it's pretty. What about you, Blaine? When did you first see it? Uh, I. You're a big Coen Brothers fan, right? Yeah, I love the Coen Brothers. I. Um, which it, one's your favorite? The <laughs> which Ricky? One? <laughs> I thought they were the same person. <laughs> the one with longer hair, right? I think. Okay, Jethan. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I love the Coen Brothers. The first movie I saw of theirs was Hudsucker Proxy. Beautiful. And I I love that movie mm-hmm. so much. And Shooter. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's so many quotable lines from it. It's so great. And Bruce Campbell was in it from uh, oh, yeah. we did Evil Dead 2, mm-hmm. which has a lot of like stuff with this movie. We did Evil yeah. Dead 2 two weeks ago. So yeah, there's a lot of correlations. Anyway, I I loved that so much that I just went back and watched all of their movies from the beginning. Mm-hmm. So I started with Blood Simple and then I watched all of them all the way up in university. And so, yeah, going from Blood Simple to Raising Arizona is like a huge leap. And mm-hmm. I had like the opposite reaction where I was like, yeah, they're like, I knew they did comedy, but I thought like their follow up film would be something that would be like 
in the same vein as a film noir, or right. but they went like the complete opposite direction. They, right. they were like, we're just going to do a crazy screwball comedy, right. which is, uh, which is, uh, you know, it's a risk, and they took a huge risk in doing this movie. So, but they kind of did. So my research showed that they kind of did uh, helped it on Crime Wave in between, which is kind of a screwball comedy mm-hmm. as well. Right, yeah, with, well, also with uh, Sam Raimi. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I love them so much. They're they're hard to criticize. Mm-hmm. Although I thought this movie was kind of a. When I first sucky, <laughs> sure, sure. yeah, a sucky oh. movie. No, I, I thought already. It was kind I can of like... see you and I are going to have a problem. <laughs> it's unrealistic. Rob's kidnapped lots of babies, and he hasn't returned one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But every library book, which is weird. But right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I thought this was kind of like a minor Coen Brothers film. Like I didn't really know that it was that beloved of Coen Brothers fans. Uh, this movie. What, what about you, Jay? Well, it's actually kind of funny because the movie we did last week on the show, Dirty Work, I talked about how that was one of the few movies we had at the local library. Right. right. Um, this was another one. This okay. was one that they had at the library. Mm-hmm. And it was one that I kept renting and well, – I guess you don't call it renting. Yeah, borrowing. It's borrowing. It's free. Uh, Lend. <laughs> lending. Like a baby. Yeah, right. You know. <laughs> but I kept taking it out and not watching it and then – because it was free. And I eventually did watch it, but it almost felt like a chore because it – I don't know. There, I wasn't that jazzed about it, but I intellectually knew because I liked some of the later Coen Brothers stuff. I was like, right. you know, this will be good. And I remember really liking it, but I didn't, I didn't quite latch on to it in the same way that I had some of the others. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure why. Maybe – It kind of feels like a fever dream. Like there's hard, it's hard to latch on to anything in it. Yeah. Like, maybe you just hate babies. <laughs> yeah, is that I hate babies. Can yeah. we all agree that we hate babies? Yeah. Can we yeah. just agree <laughs> – that you know what Nathan Junior had it coming. Yeah. <laughs> he With a name said, like that, man. he obviously said something. Was it Larry Barry Gary Terry and Nathan Junior? I think George Foreman's. He's going to be bullied. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I, I mean I liked it fine, but I think maybe also like when I watched it as a kid, it was very much in the era of let's make fun of. Nicolas Cage or mm, Nicolas Cage right. is doing ridiculous right. Con yeah. Air type movies right. like Con Air. <laughs> so I think I like just didn't fully appreciate some of the artistry behind it in a cool. way I maybe do now and we'll get into. But yeah, I was I was sort of lukewarm on it at, back in the day. What about mm-hmm. you, Rob? I sort of half saw it because I, uh, I love the Coen brothers at that point and uh, I was – dating somebody new and I wanted to impress them with like my, you know, cinematic taste. Right. So I wanted to select something, not that I had seen because I didn't want to rewatch something and point out how good it was. Right. But rather Rewatching is boring. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, th- and that when you're going through a movie for someone who's seeing it the first time and pointing out everything. Yeah, that gets you laid. That, yeah, for sure. It's yeah, really nice exactly. for someone else watching Pausing it. and having a discussion about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's why this podcast is such an aphrodisiac. Yes. <laughs> a lot of people put it on instead of Barry White or something. Right. That's a reference to Preston Sturgis. <laughs> Panties off. But so I only half watched it because I think at that point we were less interested in the movie. And I think oh. it, it was – it did seem a little bit like less formed. Than because she left? Yeah. <laughs> she was like, this is dumb. You were still um, pointing at the press and shirt and stuff. I'm not watching anything with M. Everett Walsh in it. Bam. Oh, my God. I would have kicked her out. <laughs> that guy's a legend. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I was just listening. He was on the Gilbert Gottfried podcast last oh, week. Right. And he was saying that he had to kind of twist their arm to put him in Raising Arizona. Right. After he started short... Blood Simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was yeah, a small role. Yeah. Right. I felt kind of bad for him. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, he yeah, he's great. But she didn't she does she did 
I assume she still does have a fierce dislike of Nicolas Cage. So I don't know how this movie ever got on or how we had a relationship for like five years. Right. <laughs> because <laughs> it was not a good start. But so I didn't actually ever see the rest of this movie. I, I guess I'd seen like there were parts that I didn't remember, parts that I did remember. When um, you broke up, you weren't like, okay, time to finish the second half. <laughs> Finally. Please just tell you and me, Nick. Please tell me that when she said to you, I don't want to see you anymore. You just looked at her and went, okay, then. (laughs) Yes. Okay. There we go. Let's just say that. It's a lot less sad. (laughs) We stole a baby. (laughs) Turn to the right. Yeah. Well, do you want to get into some of the things that happen in the movie? Do you want to run down the plot of Raising Arizona? I sure do. (laughs) Nicolas Cage steals a baby. Thank you. <laughs> that was the shortest one we've had yet. Yeah, that was yeah, great. It was really succinct. succinct. Yeah. Great. It was nice. Now, what happens really? It's the story of this guy played by Nicolas Cage. Mm-hmm. His name is H.I. McDonough. 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 And he's a sort of petty, repeat, small-time crook. He sort of mostly robs convenience stores. and wha- the same convenience store over and over again. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but never with any ammo in the gun. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. That seems to be like does the not loophole. Count. Yeah, yes. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't count as armed robbery if yeah. you aren't physically armed. Which <laughs> I'm is... surprised that like is that real? Did people no. like, take that from the movie and try it out? <laughs> to, yeah. to be fair, this is Arizona. <laughs> There's a lot right. of things that slide there that don't go on in society elsewhere. I think as long as you say I'm going to shoot you, you're right. allowed to pull the trigger. Right. <laughs> this was this was a step up for him from the bag with his fingers pointed in them. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but he meets and falls in love with the person taking his mugshot whose name is Ed Mm. Short for Edwina. Short Turn for to the Edwina. right. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Turn to the right. I'm going to be doing this a lot, just so we're clear. <laughs> she's, she's great in that. That's uh, Holly, Hunter. Holly Hunter. She's amazing. She's so good in this movie. Yeah. And and this was my introduction to her mm. as an actor. And I was just like, I don't know where you like where you guys sit with like when you when you see episodes of TV shows and you're like you're kind of hot and cold on it, and then you you see like one episode and you just go, I'm in. Right. And you're just like, and immediately with her, I was like, I will watch anything that you're in. Right. Like, and I think I went after that and watched her in like broadcast news. Right. Yeah, and, yeah. It was, and it was just like, oh, right. this is, she's, she's, remarkable. she's not just yeah. excellent. She's excellent. Right. Like, it's like yeah. so good. Yeah. yeah. But he instantly falls in love with her. Each time he comes back through the system, he sees her for a brief moment and mm-hmm. eventually he sees her crying and she says that she's broken up with her fiance, or her fiance is broken up with right. her. Fiance. Her yeah. fiance left her. <laughs> yeah. And That's he. Uh, some bitch. <laughs> and so the next time, he's ready to. He proposes to her. Yeah. And he, he's going to set himself straight as soon as he, you know, serves his sentence. And they'll get hitched and start a life together. It's a beautiful beginning. It's almost as beautiful as the beginning of Up. <laughs> but with more crime. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, because then it goes sour real fast, right? right? Because they can't have kids. Yeah. yeah. That's hard. And, yeah. and by the way, all of this is being told to us before the movie begins. Yeah. This yeah, is before all, the first titles. This yeah. is all narrative exposition. Oh, yeah. Of like, like it, it's, it takes us from the backstory of H.I. McDonough as like this, this small town small town it's arizona this uh the the small town small, small time, time small time yeah. small time small town i know this about me i get time and town mixed up all the time. Yeah. that's why i'm late all but the i'm town, always man. there it's a, and in the wrong uh, place. so they take you through like his kind of backstory of like 
falling in love with this with this police officer and you see their relationship just how it happened gradually through a series of arrests. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you see his time in prison and you mm-hmm. see like sort of like his his initial time in prison where he's like being hassled by a lot of guys yeah. and then how he's just like, you know, the 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 big guy with the mop. Yeah. It just goes, you missed a spot. Like yeah. he's just like you see there those friendships build. Right. And this is all in the course of like three minutes. Yeah. And, and the friendships that he has in prison are with uh, – well, one is with John Goodman. Who's right. A, Amazing in this too, and the the henchman whose name I literally just read and and, and forgot his name, but he yeah. he shows up in like all kinds. Of, he's a character oh, uh, actor, William Forsyth. William Forsyth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I also love in the uh, listing of credits on IMDb, there's the trapped prisoner who is in that cir- that therapy circle. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, what do you mean when you say trap? Huh? <laughs> and the guy's voice is amazing. Is yeah. the doctor in that the guy from A Serious Man? I don't know. I think so. I think oh, it is. I think guy. it is. Who's yeah, so yeah, good yeah. in that movie. Right. Yeah. This is another thing I love about the Coen brothers and I didn't realize until you see sort of successive movies from them is that they – once they like someone, they will use them over and oh, yeah. over and over again. Like John Goodman coming like, back in the Big Lebowski. Right. Yeah. And that's why we see a lot Fink, of – too. Yep. George Clooney, mm-hmm. uh, John Turturro. Like all of these, all these actors kind of come back again, and you get to revisit them in a different context, which is you know, a testament to the, to these actors that, that that do so well. Yeah. I think yeah. it's also probably a testament to like how annoying Nicolas Cage must be in real yeah. life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently there was a lot of friction on set because he wanted to like change the lines and he wanted to like improv and do all these crazy. Right, he things. wanted to be Nicolas Cage. Yeah, right. and they were like, "We want to be the Coen Brothers, so you have to do exactly what yeah, the script yeah, says because yeah. that's what the Coen Brothers do." Uh-huh. So I think there was a lot of friction yeah. Like, yeah get this guy out of here no but like everyone else like continue they had relationships yeah. with yeah. The, the cinematographer the yeah. you know the, yeah. the so, guy doing the score if, if you go through the one-timers club for the uh, coen brothers you just look at them and go okay so nicholas cage was probably a dick gabriel byrne probably a dick <laughs> yeah just like yeah. anyone that got one shot and out yeah that's it yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true yeah mm. Well, so they're really depressed because she finds out that she can't have children and it tears her apart until they see on TV that a local businessman, him and his wife, have had quintuplets. 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 The Arizona quints. Yeah. (laughs) And on the news broadcast, they're sort of quoted as saying – they're more than we can handle. Yeah, they just say right. that one line. They're like, oh, then we should steal one. Right. <laughs> That's all the invitation well, they let need. Us, let us lighten your load. Yeah. <laughs> and if you can find lower prices anywhere, my name ain't Nathan Arizona. The owner of the largest chain of unpainted furniture and bathroom fixture outlets throughout the Southwest. Yep, Florence had been taking fertility pills, and she and Nathan had hit the jackpot. Now, y'all without sin can cast the first stone. But we thought it was unfair that some should have so many while others should have so few. And so the next scene is them, like, basically putting a ladder up to the window. Yeah. That's not, like, complaining about kids is an invitation to take them. Yeah. Like, that's, like, a parent's right, I think. Well, in Arizona. (laughs) Right. That that entire... law, yeah. Yeah, the entire backstory leading up to the credits where you see, like, the Raising Arizona opening... Oops, opening credits. Mm -hmm. All of that, you... Backstory of, like, arrest, story, marriage, sterility, recidivism, and then seeing this television clip, you see them just before them strapping the ladder to the roof of the car, and that's the movie. 
yeah. three minutes of everything that's gone bad. And there's so many movies that could learn from that. <laughs> where it's just, I'm looking at you, Marvel Universe. Like, there's just so much exposition. That that's Infinity that's War out. could have been like 11 minutes. That's what I'm saying. That's right. Is this guy bad? Yeah. Are we going to kill him? Yeah. Do it. Okay. <laughs> Boom. Let's steal a baby. Yes. <laughs> Iron Man. Uh, sure Thanos did steal a baby. Yeah, so. <laughs> Does Disney own the Coenverse? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, that's a horrible thing. That would be sad. That would be sad. What are the rides in Disney World going to be like now? <laughs> yeah, it's just one guy following you around. Right. No Country for Old Men. And you're just like, ah, he's, yeah. he's still there. In the adult Disney, it's that contraption that George Clooney made in Burn After Reading. <laughs> oh, you can get a shave from Billy Bob Thornton. <laughs> 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 but so they steal the baby. I, I think we should pause the podcast and just focus on this Coen Brothers theme park. Right. Yeah, that we should. That we need to plan out right now. Right. <laughs> the bowling lanes they could have. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's great. Right. Yeah. yeah. No country bears for old men. Oh, oh yeah. Already got the yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so they there's a whole scene where he's trying to steal one baby out of these five babies, but all the other babies keep doing baby things. Right. And then he's trying to keep them all calm. And that's some comedy for you. We don't usually see Nicolas Cage. It's like Baby's Day Out. Yeah. Allowed yeah. to interact with children. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> and the most heartbreaking scene I thought in this movie was where he returns to the car without the baby. Right. And she's like, oh, you got to oh. go back. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just her saying that. It's slamming the locks down. Like, this is so yeah. for the time. There's no, like, button where you, like, you're seeing her winch up the window and, and like, hand lock the door. That's still my just, car. That's it's, <laughs> it's, so, it's so that moment where you just, you can see her frustration in it. And it's just, like, mm. barking at him through the glass. It's just so great. Yeah, but he doesn't want to be a criminal, and yeah. you know he tried to be a good guy, and then to do the right thing, he's got to do be the thing that he's man. always yeah. It's hard, hard spot, ah, tough there, spot. There's what's right, and there's what's right, and none the twain shall meet. Yeah, oh. well, it also yeah. doesn't seem like he ever Who's wanted that from. <laughs> he didn't want to be a criminal necessarily. He kept kind of doing these half-assed robberies, really just to get in jail because he yeah. kind of liked yeah. the structure and mm-hmm. the yeah, socialized to yeah. it, yeah. like yeah. in Shawshank. Right. Yeah. 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 You know. That seemed like a nice jail. That was a great jail. <laughs> no, so but the many. poor old guy, he'd rather be there than outside. Right. But yeah. the, am, am I crazy? Or did this movie or or did Shawshank kind of lift that scene totally. from this movie? Because watching it now, the scene where John Goodman, which maybe is even the next scene where he pops out of right. the ground after escaping <laughs> the, the prison yeah. and it's raining and he's oh you know, God, yelling yeah, at right. the sky. Oh, yeah, but they, also he says like, oh, we hit a sewage so line when we line. came. So it's like it's the same thing. Right. You had to yeah. crawl through a mile of excrement right. to get yeah. to the other side. Yeah. Right. Do you think so, Stephen King stole this from the Coen brothers? <laughs> I, don't I don't know if the book went that far. Like I think, yeah. I think the oh, screen, yeah, I, I think this is a short story. I think the screenplay was different, but like, th- I I really don't think that uh, uh, that Morgan Freeman narrating everything that happened in Raising Arizona either helped. So that, <laughs> um, but no, like I, I never even thought of that that point. Like Nicholas I just, yeah. Cage was I, a friend of mine. <laughs> was was a friend, was a friend of mine. <laughs> <laughs> this is just like he opens up the the postcard and the thing, Maricopa County Jail. Okay, <laughs> that's where we're going. When that scene happens, and it's, like you see the rain, and then the arm kind of. Oh my God. Screaming. I'm thinking, am I watching the same movie now? Like, like I, I went back to my, my fear of a blood simple. I'm like, am I watching this right? Yeah. Like, what oh, happened? Crazy. Did someone tape over this? It's such yeah. like a tonal shift because it's like they're being birthed from the earth. Earthed. Yeah. But earthed. <laughs> 
And this is like a movie about parenting, and you know. Oh, right? oh, so I see what you're saying. Thematic. Yeah, way someone way took to a go, film Cohen. degree. <laughs> <laughs> but they're. <laughs> They, uh, I think we need that, that <laughs> clip just to open our show. I think we're changing the name of our show to someone to a film, film degree. degree. <laughs> Mock impressed. I haven't finished paying for that, man. <laughs> Don't worry, all that podcast money. <laughs> Donate on Patreon. But so those guys, his old cellmates, John Goodman and the other guy, they yes, they're birthed from the earth, and then mm. they sort of show up a knock in at their door the moment that they have the baby back at their house and they joke that it's the police which freaks them out because they just stole a baby (laughs) right (laughs) that's pretty good and then they basically invite themselves to stay there and hi doesn't have the guts to tell him to leave so (laughs) you know he's despite despite how many hints his wife is dropping yeah Yeah. we got some decent people coming over (laughs) you just yeah but the John Goodman plays this scene so well too because he's like he's like I guess who like who wears the pants around like he's just so controlling of Nicolas Cage Mm -hmm. Uh, and it becomes very clear very quickly who's wearing the pants (laughs) yeah John Goodman like the Holly Hunter or sorry is that her name Holly Hunter Holly Hunter yeah yeah I said that wrong no you're fine you got it right sometimes I get her confused with Helen Hunt so I know right there we go that's what I thought I said yeah they both have two H's in their name yes. Do you get them confused with the wrestler Triple H? (laughs) (laughs) One too many H's. Oh, okay. Fair enough. (laughs) Yeah, but they insist on staying the night, and Mm -hmm. uh, she doesn't. She she doesn't tell him to just kick them out. But but the whole thing is like she doesn't want them to stay there because they're on the run from the law. They're Mm -hmm. criminals, right? Which is ironic, right? (laughs) because. She's now a criminal. Yeah, well, no yeah. one's searching for them yet. So she's like, I don't want someone searching for them and then finding us, right, right? with the baby. Right, so I, that's I true. That. But they're yeah. going to be looking for the baby. I feel <laughs> right. like that's like, yeah. I know that they had a lot of babies already, but... <laughs> right. They count them the next morning. Right. Am I counting it's five like, or four? One, I two, yeah. three. Yeah. 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 Oh, I like the guy who plays the real dad, too. Mm-hmm. I can't remember his name. I can't name. remember his name either. But he's great. He's fun, yeah. But he oh. apparently passed away shortly he after did. this yeah. movie. He, he was did. only really? 40 years yeah. old or something. He was. Damn. He he got to uh, perform in the Papa Don't Preach video. I believe that was uh, Classic. Trey Wilson. That was him. Tra- it was Trey Wilson. Okay. Yeah. Trey Wilson. Trey right. Wilson. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's good. Especially when the police come to his door and he like works a plug for his right, store right, right. into the, into the yeah. description. And, and the Coen brothers have so much like fun business in their scenes, like when he's getting his fingerprints done and then he touches everything in the house, right. like in yeah. frustration. Ah, uh, skin coat. Yeah, right. yeah, exactly. Ah, hell. <laughs> yeah. Gets ink on everything. Uh-huh. Uh, the I business also like is great. when like the cops are asking him what the baby was wearing. Right. He's like, "Does that baby sleep naked?" Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, no, "No one sleeps naked in this house." <laughs> What's the line? He goes, can you describe the jammies, sir? Like, I don't know. There were jammies. They had Yodas and shit on them. And, and ironically, not wearing jammies. Yeah, he, not wearing jammies. he left with a diaper. Yeah. And there were and no Yodas in this movie at all. No. <laughs> no Yodas were right. in the film. I just, I love, like, I can that understand that, that frustration is apparent. Like, he's getting ink everywhere. And he's just like, I don't know. They had Yodas and shit. Like, he just, like, <laughs> tries, his, it goes back to, like, the... Here's some money. Go see a Star War from yeah, like a yeah, resident. Yeah. Yeah. I just want, I he's not getting like it right. Ethan Cohen writing that after coming back from the opera one night or something. <laughs> right. The <laughs> he's a fancy man now. Yeah. The the he other writes short stories. <laughs> <laughs> the the yeah. thing I, the the other point that sort of raises as well is like you get to see and this is a typical Coen Brothers thing where they where they get into 
the heart, whatever era that they're trying to depict. Mm -hmm. And they just, they go through every detail and the level of hospitality that is afforded everyone, no matter what it is. Like, and like, so there was like, when the, when the FBI agent is like, you know, you can obviously see Nathan Arizona getting angry. He's like, you are, you are aggravating the witness, you know, it's like, (laughs) and like, just like getting back to like the breakfast scene Mm. where the, the guy who isn't John Goodman, whose name will forever forget. (laughs) John Badman. John Badman. (laughs) When he's a great breakfast flakes, Mrs. McDonough, (laughs) like just like finding any compliment that they could make. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the other old-fashioned thing, I mean, going back to the part where John Goodman tells, I guess we see who wears the pants in the family. That is such like an era-specific thing. Right, like correct. that is, you know, that's old-style masculinity. No, yeah. I will say to play devil's advocate a little bit here. That you wear the pants in your family? <laughs> I, I try to they avoid have Yodas and shit on them. them so. <laughs> they, they probably do. Yeah. I'm more likely to have Yoda <laughs> on my pants than, than my children. And real pants. Uh, but... To play devil's advocate, like if this movie were to come out now, like I feel like last summer when Logan Lucky came out, there were a lot of criticisms of, you know, like someone who's not a part of like Southern culture portraying them as maybe bumbling or Mm -hmm. stupid. And like most of the people in this movie are quite simple. Mm -hmm. I, like yeah. everyone at the bank and yeah I, right. I mean it's a kind of a surreal movie so I don't right. know that I fully would buy that criticism but I think there's a discussion to be had there the, I, I would say the people in, in this movie like the characters that are portrayed yes they're simple people but they're far from stupid and they're far from uncivil yeah like like it's it's moments like to jump way far ahead when the baby is has now been kidnapped a second time yeah and he's asked you know the, he's trying to gather some toys for the baby and says, Hey, do these balloons blow up into funny shapes? Go, Nope. Unless you think rounds funny. Like it's like, it's, it's little lines like that. Like the, the old timer in the bank is like, you know, well, which is it son? Do you want us to stop moving? Or go to the ground, you know. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. when they when they play that logic, you can see how dumb the actual criminals are, and, right. and they truly are antagonists. Mm-hmm. They're protagonists that are an, that, that are antagonists in this, yeah, and yeah. it's just it it's just so lovely that they took that as the dividing line and went, these people are going to be great, and these people were going to see them as bumbling and, and stupid, and that's the line that will that will take. Yeah, but they're they're not like malicious either. No. They're lovely dumb people. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. they, they everyone cares about the baby. Like right. no one's no one hates the baby. Like even the <laughs> even the horrible like the main antagonist, which we haven't gotten to yet. Right. The guy on the motorcycle, he like picks up the baby with care and sets him on the front mm-hmm. like he already has a place for the basket. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> like, it's like, what? So everyone cares and is benevolent and nice in this movie. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of I don't know. Like I, and I also think that it would be more if, if they were taking certain things from the culture down south and blowing them up big. But they have such a detail, like even in the food they eat with like the peanut butter spread into the celery or right. the jello mold. Yeah. It like seems to be very of that place. And so like I think those details help to make it not like an exploitation of those people. I, I mean, right. apparently the people in Arizona were really pissed off. Oh, this they? movie. Did you hear yeah. about that? <laughs> it was because they were constantly running through their house with a pack of dogs. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was before they filmed it. Apparently, like they, they got them. a copy of the script or something, and oh, really? And didn't like how they they thought it was portraying uh, Arizona. And yeah, the Coens tried to explain they were trying to do something a little more. Uh, heightened and a little more mm-hmm. they weren't actually yeah, trying real. to tell yeah. you what arizona was like it wasn't you know a tourism thing <laughs> and arizona just went chuk, chuk, 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Set their dogs Probably. after them. Yeah. 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 If you're listening from Arizona, we apologize. <laughs> right. You have a great movie named after your state. Yes. <laughs> what more do you want? Yeah. There's no good movies about Ontario. That's our province, by the way. Right, yeah. <laughs> Raising Ontario. <laughs> We're going to be back with more discussions of Raising Arizona right after this. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. We're back. We're with Todd Van Allen talking about Raising Arizona, the Coen Brothers classic. Do we say classic? It's probably a classic. Probably a classic. Yeah, it's a second movie. It was on like that <laughs> AFI list of the best movies or like best, best comedies. Yeah. 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 They're Must qualified be. to make those calls. <laughs> right. Yeah. They're the only ones who are. Um, so let, let's get into what happens next. We I feel, feel like we're terribly early in the movie still. We haven't even talked about Nicolas Cage's dreams yeah. and premonitions. Right. He has this dream. The night that he lets his convict friends stay over, he dreams about the one biker of the apocalypse, right. which is like this dirty, mean mm-hmm. biker who is of the apocalypse. And he's just like this force of evil, which is coming for him. And yeah. it even uses the evil dead, like, shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They use that a couple times in this movie. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like the one trick that, they picked up from Sam Raimi. Right. Yeah. That, that whole run across the dolly or, like, the handheld where it's just, like, constantly moving forward. And Yeah, like, they, like, they just, like, affix the camera to a board. And right. they have two people on either end of the board, like, run uh-huh. up the board. It's yeah, I feel like a lot of evil dead is in this movie. Yeah. Like, and, they I go, saw, and they go, like, hand cam, too, at one point when they're running through the house. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When they're when I they're running through the yeah. house, when they're doing that that shot of th- when they discover that Nathan Junior is missing, and it goes like through like across the yard over the overturned tricycle. Right. How these babies have an overturned tricycle already because they're still <laughs> babies, is beyond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then up the ladder, and then through the drapes, and then that's when the the mom with the curlers, you know, Mrs. Arizona, is right. is, is screaming mm-hmm. right into her mouth. I mean, like like that is yeah, so, and that's reversed. That's so we like down the ladder. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. It's also funny to see like. Like we talked about how Edgar Wright took a lot of Evil Dead for his style. And yeah. it's, a lot of it's just Raising Arizona. But it's funny to think that was just like one movie these guys made. Like it's – you know how like – what's a good example? Like Vampire Weekend is like we're going to take Paul Simon's Graceland and just make that our band. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, well, you know, I'm just – that was just one album of many I made. But that's their signature sound. It's kind of the same with right. Edgar Wright. He's like I'm going to take this like – three to four year period that these guys were making movies and that's going to be my signature. Well, for years I couldn't understand why I didn't like Vampire Weekend. Thank you for articulating <laughs> that. I now know why. Uh, it's not cultural appropriation if it's one step removed. That's right. That's right. Paul Simon's stuck in the right. middle there. I stole from the guy who stole it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm the Robin Hood. That's right. Yeah. He is the John Goodman to Nicholas Cage right. yeah, exactly. of baby stealing. Yeah. 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 Okay, well, the next part is that, like, they have their respectable company come over, which is Mm -hmm. his boss and uh, his boss's wife, who is played by Francis McDormand. Yeah. Yeah. And the guy's played by the guy who's like, 
every shitty neighbor in every 90s sitcom. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You remember that guy? Yeah, yes. he's also I think he's also in Christmas Vacation and his character reminded me of like Randy yeah. Quaid's character so much in Christmas yeah. Vacation with like the kids that run the, around and everything. The actor in question is uh, Sam McMurray. Sam oh, McMurray. Okay, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's like the coworker friend in Christmas mm-hmm. Vacation. Yeah. 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 I feel like he was a shitty neighbor and who's the boss mm-hmm. right. and like I think he was oh, in so. Getting Even with Dad, probably as a shitty neighbor or a <laughs> <Right>. shitty dad. <laughs> he was like a shitty boss in Friends. Mm-hmm. He's a lot yeah. of shitty guys. He's a yeah, shitty well, person. And he's a shitty dad in this movie. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Making his, like, I don't know why he's keeping his kids on his toes. He keeps on, like, torturing them and throwing right. shit at them. Like, uh-huh. heads yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> like, it's, it's like borderline abuse uh-huh. at all stages. And then, like, there's that one girl who has, like, the bandage on her eye. Uh, I mean, that's you, right. You don't know why. And there's no explanation. No. It's just, it's just know, so horrible. That's, yeah. that's why she has a torn retina. <laughs> that's yeah. the other stuff that reminded me of Edgar Wright was the way the sound plays the comedy mm. in these mm-hmm. intense moments like there's that shot where we first see the kids where it cuts to their car and they're just whacking it with yeah, sticks yeah, and yeah. it's so loud and <laughs> yeah. so abrupt and then it cuts away immediately yes. <laughs> yeah 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 and then the the moment when i went because there's so much leading up to it but it's like i knew the coen brothers had an eye for cinematography and they had an eye for comedy when glenn pitches the idea of wife swapping to yeah. high and High punches him. You see the guy fly through the ground, and then the shot is from Glenn's point of view. With his, like, knee in the air. With his knee in the air, (laughs) and H.I. McDonough about 50 feet away. (laughs) (laughs) Keep your damn hands off my wife. It's just, it's that, it's that exaggeration of space, and you just, like, it's it's such great time, and the edit of, like, the car noise, where it goes... Hi, we're here. Car noise, and then back. Like they just their cuts are so brilliant. It's it's yes. funny. I, I watched Simon Pegg introduce this at a film festival at oh, one point, okay. and he said that it was like a live action Looney Tunes cartoon. Yeah. And it, when I watched it this time, I was like, it's totally that. It's one hundred percent that. And the it's, Roadrunner makes a cameo. And the Roadrunner is there, and it yeah. has like a deeper meaning, which mm-hmm. we can get into later. Yeah, but yeah, it's fun. Anyway, yeah. The, <laughs> yeah. No, that's definitely also the uh, – what's the biker's name, the bad biker? Uh, Le- uh, Leonard Small. Leonard right. Small. He's oh, named I after love... the of Mice right. and Men character. Played by Randall Tex Cobb. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah. From yeah. Ernest Goes to Jail. That's right. And we also oh, mentioned yeah. a lot of other movies where people go to jail. <laughs> <laughs> we also mentioned him in Ace Ventura Pet Detective. Right. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But he kind of feels like a Looney Tunes – character oh, like yeah. he's yeah, in Yosemite yeah. Sam you mm-hmm. know, he's got all these explosives he's the he's comedy version and... of, of Anton Chigurh mm-hmm. from No Country for Old Men oh I know like, well so totally. much of I mean watching this again I mean I've seen No Country like four or five yeah. times No Country is like the serious version yes. of, this of this movie yeah, yeah, yeah. there's it's so, so many of the yeah. same beats like there's even that scene where like the big tough guy goes to the convenience store and there's like yep. a simple folk there and <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's it's all true. there. It's just instead of a baby, they have money. Yeah. <laughs> they just figured out instead of babies, just have money. Right. You don't need babies. You don't need right. to take care of the money. You don't yeah. need to change the money. No, yeah. No, no it's no. fine. It's easier. Yeah. <laughs> and also, instead of Nicolas Cage, uh, maybe Josh Brolin. <laughs> right. <laughs> easier to work with. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but they were saying, like, that the kind of, like, definitely, like, the dialogue and some of the characterizations were, they were drawing on these, like, weird Southern literary sure. gothic authors like Faulkner and uh, watch your mouth, <laughs> <laughs> Flannery O'Connor. Flannery O'Connor mm-hmm. Watch your mouth. <laughs> sorry, uh, sorry. <laughs> so you can definitely see all that in there, but just yeah, from this crazy cartoon lens. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Faulkner's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I 
got to check this guy out. <laughs> just for his name. There's yeah. a lot of Raising Arizona references. I'm in. I just picked so up Absalom, in. Absalom. So yeah. I'm sure it's going to be a laugh riot. <laughs> well, uh, someone took a literary degree. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it. It's in my bag. Uh, then what happens? Oh, yeah. Well, okay. Well, that, at that point, after he punches that guy, the guy comes back. Okay, well, no. First, he goes and gets some Huggies and robs the convenience store again, and there's a police chase. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. This is a big sequence. Right. And mm. she is not happy that he robbed that convenience store. Right. <laughs> again, it, it doesn't feel like... Harpy! Yeah. <laughs> you son of a bitch! You son of a bitch! Yeah, but I, I love that she goes back for him. I love that like it's still a cohesive family right. unit because they still have that kid. Yeah. And that's what's so terrible when they get to the end when like, you know, we can just go no, there now. But no. like, <laughs> but when they like start losing the kid and, mm-hmm. and she's like, we shouldn't have the kid anyway. And, right. You know, even if we get the kid back, we have to return mm-hmm. the kid and I can't stay with you. And there's, oh, and there's so still those moments of civility in it. Like, you know, when she is screaming at him through the doors of the convenience store. It's going, out of love. You son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. You got, it's like he's, he says to the guy, you know, it's with the gun motion, in him. With, yeah. with, with the gun motion of like speed, I'll go. Do you mind uh, speeding this up? I'm in Dutch with the wife, you know? <laughs> like, and it's just those moments. Like, if you don't mind, yeah. I have a, I have a thing. You know? <laughs> right. yeah. The politeness. Uh, well, right. Yeah. Well, how do you Throughout guys feel everything. about the uh, Holly Hunter character in this? Because I feel like another thing that would crop up if this movie yeah. were released today yeah, is yeah. her totally character right. is definitely in the beginning underserved. Certainly, she's not the one narrating the story, but also like. I mean, again, it's very surreal. It's very heightened. But, like, I was a little confused why necessarily she would fall for Nicolas Cage in that opening. Yeah. <laughs> why? <laughs> why? Because he's Nicolas that Cage? The... Yep. yep. Because that's, he's that's a because... criminal. <laughs> right. Well, no. But I, but the other thing, the other moment that just seemed a little odd was she was just, like, borderline hysterical when they first get the baby, just, like, crying yeah. and being like, right, I right, love right. him so much. That felt like mm-hmm. a punchline at, like, right. yeah. women, you know? Right. I think I got the best one. I bet they were all beautiful. All babies are beautiful. This one's awful damn good, though. Don't you cuss around him. He's fine, he is. I think it's Nathan Jr. We are doing the right thing, aren't we, Hi? I mean, they had more than they could handle. Well, now, honey, we've been over this and over this, and there's what's right, and there's what's right. And never the twain shall meet. But don't you think his mom will be upset? I mean, overly? Well, of course she'll be upset, sugar, but she'll get over it. She's got four little babies almost as good as this one. It's like when I was riding the convenience store. <laughs> I love him so much. <laughs> Well, uh, well, that was my wife when she picked up our puppy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love the remember, that, remember that episode of 30 Rock where she stole the baby? No. Didn't she steal a baby? She, yeah, by accident. She was just like holding a baby at work and then turns around and she's in her apartment. <laughs> How did this happen? Yeah. Right. I mean, so I think it's like playing off like a real impulse or something. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. I'm the guy that like really, I'm like want babies so badly. Oh, careful! So, like, yeah. <laughs> You're not gonna steal one. Right. Yeah, but like, I don't know. That's that's kind of probably what I'm gonna be like in front of. I, I think I think it's kind of fine for her character because it was so clear that they did want a baby so badly. Like throughout that like three minute introduction, they made right. it like yeah. apparently like clear she wanted it but yeah I, I see the problem with it because she is underserved she's underdeveloped too we, al- we also didn't mention that they can't adopt because of his criminal record right which right. is prejudiced against right. criminals so the, <laughs> but the, so those are the two strikes that they have against him which then turns to like you know it's like that one two okay then we'll action yeah this, right like yeah. they like they really want it the system has let them down biology has let them down so they have no other alternative to to do this i would argue 
I, I don't think she's underserved. I would say she's underserved story-wise. But, like, when you look at the women, like, to to a woman in this movie, they're all strong characters. Holly Hunter rules that roost, you know, mm-hmm. uh, when when she confronts the biker. You know, she she's yeah. the one that really kind of takes it to him. Frances McDermott's character, very strong because she runs that household. She's the one who says... I want another baby. That's why she's going to send Glenn to do the dirty work to get him. Right. right? And, and like in another movie, I think that like just being the person that is dominant in the scene doesn't necessarily mean that like that's a, you know, a strong character. Yeah. But I think like what you're saying in this movie, I think what you're saying is totally right because all these characters are caricatures, right? For sure. Like yeah, they're, yeah. they're not, they're not trying to be real. Right. And so every scene someone's in is like the most heightened reaction mm-hmm. you could ever possibly have. Like John Goodman and John, Badman, is that what we decided his name was? Yeah, uh, William Forsythe. <laughs> and the, the men were in the car, and when they forgot the baby at the we've, stop... Uh, they... We've all done that. <laughs> <laughs> Coffee, babies, we've oh, all done man. that. Yeah, uh, when I was a kid... <laughs> I have to go. The, we, were, <laughs> we were like playing kickball or something. I don't know what you do when you kick. And we saw this lady with a baby on the roof of her car. We had to oh, chase oh her down. We had to like, run to traffic. Right. To try to don't stop. slam on the brakes. <laughs> yeah, we were like, Come to a uh, gradual uh, slow um, stop. It was Two convicts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was John Goodman. Yeah. And John And that's Madden. how I got a signature from John Goodman. Yeah. Good. He said, don't tell anyone, kid. No one will believe you. And he was he, the Bill Murray of the 80s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so uh, but they were screaming the entire time. They kept on screaming for like two minutes in that scene. Right, right. right. So they're not like no one's real in this movie. They're all like these crazy arch characters. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And um, so it kind of leads to the to the well, end. Well, so what the, happens is yeah, the, he the boss comes back and he's like, I know that you, I know who that baby is. That's that rich person's baby, and I'm gonna tell on mm-hmm. you know. And then he goes away or whatever. Yeah. And then the bad guy, the convicts. He was doing Who's the Boss by John. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, John Goodman and the other guy over here, and then they tie up Nicolas Cage to a chair and steal the baby, and then they drive away. And that's when the one biker of the apocalypse, he's also coming around. And he, there is a scene where he talks to the real dad, and he's like, hey, I'll get your baby for $50,000. And the guy's like, I'm not sure you're not the one who didn't steal the baby. And he's like, well, I'm going to get it anyway. And, yeah. Sell them on the black market because right. I'm a bad dude. Right. <laughs> right. And even that character too, like when we yeah. talk about like the overemphasizing of like really hammering home. Yeah. Oh, he yeah. comes in, he's filthy. He's lighting his matches off of unpainted furniture. He has a tattoo like, that says, <laughs> my mom didn't love me. Right, exactly, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, and just the, the choice of like, you know, when they make him like a manhunter, for them to overemphasize his nostrils. Right. And have him, have him talk with a price. Yeah. Like he's, right. It sounds like he's got adenoids, but the, the reason right. for that is that he can smell a man from 300 yards, and it's just <laughs> so crazy. Yeah. Yeah, and I love every time he brings up a match to light the cigarette, it's already on fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah He's yeah, just yeah, the yeah. devil. Yeah, that's pretty funny. So, he, yeah, he comes around, and there's a final showdown between him and Nicolas Cage. And, yeah, and, this, yeah. And, and, and Holly Hunter. Yeah, and he, like, at, like the last sort of thing, like, the, the, the biker gets the baby, and then, you know, the Holly Hunter gets the baby, mm-hmm. and then... Nicholas Cage is fighting with the biker. He like pulls at his. He's trying to pull out the pins from the grenades in his thing. Right, and he, like, he's dressed like Rambo. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> A and, bandolier of grenades. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> right, yeah. This is safe, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Riding in the heat. Uh-huh. Huh? I'm just going to heat. I'm, I'm just going to walk down this hallway filled with coat racks. <laughs> what could possibly happen? Well, he needs them in case he sees a bunny on the side. Right, of the road. Yeah. right. Fucking bunnies. <laughs> yeah. But he sees that he has the same tattoo. Yeah, as right. him. Yeah, 
And then pulls out the pins from the grenade and the guy blows up. Right. Yeah, accidentally. So what the it, fuck's that? Right. So, yeah, so I... Uh, Did they go to the same guy? <laughs> <laughs> Small town, only one tattoo parlor? Yeah, there's a guy... Now we have five designs? <laughs> there's a guy online, we can link to it on our Facebook page, but he's done a whole 20-minute video essay on that tattoo. Right. And his kind of thesis is that... that kind of time. <laughs> I uh, to kidnap a baby. His yeah. thesis because there was a gang, a pretty racist gang in Arizona. Not in a the, racist gang. I know why... <laughs> What? Now you'd be smirching gangs? Wait. <laughs> you'd have to come out and say they were racist, Blaine. Come on. Um, say they had some problematic views. <laughs> yes. They were somewhat antagonistic to some elements of society. Yeah, they were yeah. fucking racist. And right. so, they, so they, but they were called the Peckerwoods, and they'd have Woody Woodpecker Wood as the, oh as the tattoo. Oh. Um, and so they were saying that High in prison, in the first few scenes when he first goes to prison, you don't see his arm. And so there's no there's no tattoo. But in prison, he, he joined becomes a, gang. a white supremacist. Right. Yeah. Uh, I and, thought it was like annihilation and they were like their genes were merging. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that guy is from the same gang at the end. And so it's kind of like him exploding his past, like doing away right. with all the stuff that he had to do to right. get through prison. And the, I don't know, the, some of the guys supporting evidence for this is like there's not a lot of other black people in this movie. And the one that there is is the guy above him in his cell that he's like dismissive to but he's never right. like mean to the uh, no, I don't he's know. just talking about what he ate yeah know? exactly <laughs> and then we ate sand you ate sand we ate sand <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's such a good joke and I love it I love the delivery of that so I don't I don't right, know so if it, the, the essayist was saying that that guy was a gang member is uh, that why yeah or that he like that high was being like untoward like he, he hated the guy and that's why he was responding that way to the guy but I didn't see that well, in that I, scene and there's a lot of stuff wait like so that. they're saying he's <laughs> racist they're saying that high is racist. I mean, right. Okay. Yeah. So now you're claiming that someone made a video essay that wasn't correct? I, <laughs> oh. I won't hear you besmirch no, these no, no. institutions. <laughs> and here, can I just say, I didn't even realize it was Woody the Woodpecker. I thought it was the Roadrunner. Oh, it kind of looks I like the Roadrunner. Yeah. just yeah. intellectual properties mixed up. Right, yes. Oh, they're, yeah. they're going to hate me when Disney takes over the uh, Coen Brothers universe. <laughs> but, but there's a lot of cool things. in the, the he, Roadrunner when Disney takes over. <laughs> that he does point out in the, in the video. So like when High is tied up to the chair, there's like a piece of quilt that they're making for the mm-hmm. baby Correct. that has the, the Woody Woodpecker thing on it so it's right. almost like he's tatting his like his tatting son. up his, his son right but i don't know is he in the gang is he yeah. nathan jr from the future uh, coming back to save himself there's a little bit of that in this video essay there's a little bit that's of that. who he grew up to be <laughs> oh, no that's I who he grew up to be if nicholas cage raised him if nicholas cage and holly hunter raised him he becomes this thuggish right guy so he has to go he, back in time to restore <laughs> right. well it's almost lineage. like that's why they return the baby because like nicholas cage sees that he's raising just another one of himself and so so it's not like the baby comes back but like that's kind of in the essay too. i think, I think that's sense. yeah i think that makes okay. sense but he also postulates we'll get to the end of the movie that the end of the movie isn't him and, and Holly Hunter together, it's him and someone else in the future. That's what, he's, that's, what, <laughs> that's what he's... That's what he's... Wife why swap! That's why there's so many kids at that table. That's what it's just like... The wife swap went through. Right. Yeah. Wait, why do they say that? Because she says that she doesn't want to be with him in one part of the movie, but that's the lowest part of the movie, and yeah. she's allowed to change her mind. Sure. Uh, and and aren't they in bed together at the end of the movie when he's they, having that dream? They sleep on it. 
Yeah, yeah. they sleep oh, on it. Okay. Because, like, I think one of the telling things is, like, when Nathan Arizona says, before you do something stupid, like, breaking up. Like, yeah. it's just, like, in and amongst all of this horrible stuff that's happened. <laughs> yeah, they just returned the, the baby they that just they returned stole. And, he goes, and he's you know, like, you need relationship right. advice. <laughs> I could call the cops. And before you think about splitting up, you know, <laughs> like, you know family first. Yeah. Okay? Then we'll deal with your, well, you know, your I don't illegalities. Know if that move felt, like, completely true to me. Oh, well, it definitely was. Yeah, it was. It's hard it was, to swallow. Yeah. And and he, there's also that thing where he says like you know me and the missus kept on trying and finally we did and right. we got yeah. five kids right so it gives us hope as viewers that they will stay together because they might that night conceive or something like that right so that's kind of like a lovely note to end on in this essay is like no that didn't happen he's with someone else because right. she's a different height that's not in the final thing <laughs> and I was like I don't know you're don't... you're going too far with this I think I mean this yeah. movie seems to like I'm not sure what exactly this movie is saying but it does postulate a few things. One is that, like, it has this whole theme of, like, people who are not loved by their parents turn out to be bad people. Yeah. Right? Yes. But we have these Wayward. babies, yeah. the five babies, and, like, it kind of does seem like they weirdly sort of the mom of the real babies mm-hmm. isn't sort of, like, given much. She's no. sort of, like... She when the babies are moment? crawling, or when <laughs> right, 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 yeah, she won't even go check on the babies. She's too right. busy, you know, just doing what doting by the by Nathan, you know, yeah. just sitting there with the with the user manual, yeah, reading this thing. And so then, yeah, and he's being rude to her and everything, yeah. which is why at the end of the movie, it's so funny when he's like, "I wouldn't know what happened to me if she left me." Like, right. <laughs> so <laughs> but meanwhile, and the, like as you're saying, like you know, he's yeah. he's on that phone call. It's, it's another one of those great comedic. He can't even moments. tell which baby it's gone. Right, Nathan <laughs> yeah. Junior, I think. So like know. these people can conceive a baby but can they love a baby? And so we have, like, Nicolas Cage and Holly Hunter who can't conceive a baby but clearly love a baby. Right. But will their baby... Like, if this essay is postulating that their baby, if they love him, will turn into this mean creature, Mm -hmm. that's sort of, like, going maybe against what the rest of the movie is saying. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think you're totally right. Right. But at the same time, when they do return the baby, he Mm -hmm. has this vision of, like, now it will have this successful life because I've made the right decision. And when when they return the baby, we see the... Hum, like the humanity of the dad too, right? right? Like we see yeah, that he's yeah. a family man that he loves these and babies the, and, and the mom, and right. he loves his wife. So the, yeah, she's probably just tired from delivering five babies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, two points. One, for every time that we say baby on this podcast, 50 cents goes to the Annex Cat Rescue. <laughs> okay, um, sweet. But like, but like there, <laughs> there is so much Again, it goes back to that encapsulation of the time and just how they sort of like very seamlessly throw out lovely little comedic moments. I'll go back to like, you know, where he's where he's showing how chauvinistic he is. And yet I would hate it if my wife left me yet when he's on the phone sitting beside her, he goes, <laughs> I send my wife down. She makes more sense than you do. Like he just like right. yeah, completely yeah, yeah. throws her. And then and in that same moment, it all goes. It's saying like Arizona or Phoenix, Arizona. Arizona household. It is precisely looks at watch eight fifteen p.m. Right, eight shows fifteen up in, the, in the p.m. Like it's title, just like, yeah. it's, it's those. It's subtle, so specific, specific, right? Right. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. They they show such a great swath of being able to hit you over the head with a hammer with such great comedy, and then still have sort of like subtle strokes to the brush that they're mm. able to kind of throw out little things that you would have missed. Yeah. Yeah, and even in the the final thing in the entire movie, at the end of the credits, there's this little thing of like, you know, thank you to the state of Arizona, a great place to raise kids. Like, right. like yeah, we yeah, don't yeah, want to yeah. say that everyone's going <laughs> right. to lose their kids in Arizona <laughs> in this movie. Right. We want to be able to film here again someday. It was a documentary, I understand. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's why it was so funny. Let's yeah. go around and, and say if we thought it was rewatchable. Rob, what about you? You thought it was rewatchable? Yeah. I mean, you've never seen the second half. <laughs> you know, I've seen, seen parts. I've seen enough of it. 
you know, the details hadn't been fleshed out. It's good that I could go back to this because I can't go back to that moment. <laughs> <laughs> it's so sad. No, I, you do you, know, do it you was... need time alone? <laughs> no, I have plenty. All the, guns. <laughs> <laughs> the Coen Brothers movies, I think, are so good. I yeah. kind of like to, I mean, I could watch all of them at once, but I've sort of like had to space them out so that I'll know there'll be something good to enjoy. So I don't regret having sort of not taking a closer look at it until now because it's a very enjoyable movie. I think Nicolas Cage's performance is for the most part really good yeah right uh, yeah he does weird things though like there's this one moment where like someone says something mean to him and he squints one eye and makes a claw out of one hand and then he holds that for like a minute and then it's never mentioned again right it's not a thing that he does again it's not like yeah. his, that's what his character reacts to. it's just weird the Coen yeah. brothers had to keep that in or else he'd leave the picture it was yeah i like the claw scene what? it was probably like one of those moments of continuity where like we can't lose this right it's, yeah. it's so good it works but we yeah this right. has happening in mm-hmm. it yeah i think it's a gem i think it really sort of shows where the Coen brothers are going and it sets up a lot of the stuff that they've sort of perfected in later movies and yeah it's rewatchable yeah sweet so yeah todd what about you i i think i know where you're going with this yeah no give it a pass <laughs> this is one of my favorite movies of all time like when people on facebook were like what are the four movies that that shaped you right this was one of them and mm. it was it's just it's so it's it's a fantastic introduction to i would say like what 80s comedy could have been Right. And, and like in 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 so much that you sort of like you see like back to school was I think released around the same time and then there's this and you just go oh my god and it's just like mm-hmm. it's so madcap it's so touching and it really sort of like sets the table for if if you if you have to start with any Coen Brothers movie this is a perfect one to start with mm-hmm. because it it's funny enough that you're going to stay engaged it's directorially sort of in their same frame of mind. Like it's just, it's, it's so wonderful, right? It's, it, yeah. you will become a recidivisant of their, uh, <laughs> of their oeuvre. Yes. Uh, Those are too many big words for that. <laughs> for the podcast. I like, you it. know what? Every time you use a big word, we're taking money away from the oh, cat rescue. <laughs> Blaine, what about you? Yeah. I mean, when I first saw it again, I didn't like I didn't love it as much as I loved it watching it this time. I think there's so much to enjoy in this movie. And it is like I felt like I didn't like it so much before because it's kind of a bit looser than the rest of their films. Like later on, they're they're much mm-hmm. they're much tighter. And this seemed a bit like, yeah, I'll just throw something on screen and see what works. But watching what? it. Yeah. Well, like the visually and mm-hmm. but like watching it this time, I'm like, no, that wasn't at all what they were doing. It was mm-hmm. it was still so specific and still so Coen Brothers. So, yeah. And Nicolas Cage, it, it was him trying a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And I thought he was OK in it. Holly Hunter was amazing in it. So I think it's it's. Really and Emmett Walsh. Emmett Walsh <laughs> really stole the show. Yeah. I mean, Wait, you thought Nicolas Cage was just okay? I thought he's great in this. I thought he was a bit uneven, honestly. Like It's Nicolas Cage. Right. Yeah. It, you're in for choppy waters. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's no smooth sailing on Lake uh, sure. Nicolas Cage. Yeah, you know? but like, I don't know. It's also a lake of grease. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but if you like, I don't know, in the lake of grease with him is, is George Clooney from, oh, what's the... 
Oh brother. Oh brother. Yeah, with the dapper Dan and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And but he's so specific and funny, and he plays almost the same character, which is a criminal with like a wife that he's trying to impress mm-hmm. back home. And so like I just I think that he does a way better job than, than Nicholas Cage. Not all so, criminals are the same, Blaine. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I, yeah. did George Clooney steal a baby? <laughs> no. Uh, no, no. <laughs> that we know of. That we yeah. know of. <laughs> no, his wife could get him off. She's like a human rights lawyer. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Brad Pitt was in Burn After Reading and he stole a bunch of babies, right? <laughs> or adopted. So, right. so that was, a, that was adopted. adoption. That's, yeah. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. stealing legal. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, what about you, Jim? Do you think it's rewatchable? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's a great movie. Good. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, I, I totally just didn't uh, appreciate it when I was a kid. I definitely like mm-hmm. I actually watched it about six months ago, mm-hmm. too. And watching it then, I was like, oh, yeah, this is, right. this is such a great movie. And I also, like, you were talking about, I never really thought about the fact that it was their second movie mm-hmm. and that they made Blood Simple yeah. first. Because it is pretty ballsy to, like, make this such a gritty move. little noir. And they're like, oh, that's great. Like, do more of that. And they're like, okay. <laughs> okay. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're going to do this. Yeah. And it's just like the, the so many things. Like, like apparently, if, if I have this right, and I may have it wrong, No Country for Old Men was written – was either written or – created at the same time or immediately after burn after reading like they they made those around the same time if i'm not oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. right and just like for them to be able to like it just it's staggering that they can do like no country old man and go okay now we got a rowing machine with a dildo in it let's go guys and (laughs) i think that's their trick they do dark movie funny movie in alternating order i think one guy works on the dark movie right, one yeah. guy works on the funny movie right. and then they're like ah oh, we're great <laughs> they're like yin and yang one asshole <laughs> right <laughs> i do think it's funny. i was reading an interview an old old interview with the av club and they were saying it was like not that long after fargo and they were saying you know has winning the oscar really like changed your career and they were like no <laughs> and they're like well aren't you able to like get more projects made that you weren't able before and they're like what do we make after Fargo the Big Lebowski and they're like no I, I don't think so right <laughs> like they were so like confused and confused by the question because they've just been plotting along doing whatever they wanted right. for so yeah. long they like their commitment to their artistry is like something that everyone should take under like should take yeah. under yeah, their wing yeah. and no one does like it's just like oh just keep doing what you're doing you know, right. yeah. and like, everything will come they're never going to make a movie about something that is a trend or something right. that's like in the zeitgeist or something. Mm-hmm. No, they always make it like a hugely challenging movie, like a serious man. Everyone is like, don't make that. Like, no, that's such right. a specific so movie. Good. Why right. would you make it? But yeah, it's so amazing. I know. Even as a fun. Gentile, I'm just like, <laughs> right. I get three quarters of this and that's fine. <laughs> and that's enough to make you and laugh all the way through. I'm just like, I'm yeah. three quarters good. <laughs> and then the people are really affected uh, converted. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's rewatchability for this week. Todd, thank you so much for joining thank us. Thank you for having me, guys. Yeah. Thanks for doing the show with us. And, and this movie again, can't thank you enough for for allowing me to just spout on it. So oh, yeah. it's great. We love it when people come in and do the the good movies. <laughs> <laughs> Where can uh, people find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at at uh, Hey It's TVA. Uh, you can go to my webpage, which is uh, Hey It's TVA as well, and you can pick up my album Really, uh, which was just released uh, really? in April. Yeah, seriously. And yeah, uh, seriously, is yeah, the follow up. Yeah, seriously, is the follow up. <laughs> yeah. like, no, seriously, I have an album, yeah. and this is the second one. No, seriously, uh, buy it. No, seriously, buy it, <laughs> and it's available on iTunes and. Spotify and all the all the great places where you get great. music and comedy. So awesome. awesome! And as always, you can find us at rewatchability.com. Yeah. Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe and rate. Patreon.com/slash rewatchability. I yes, forgot I'm... to mention that before. Donate a few bucks. 
It would be nice. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, Rob's going to keep stealing babies and selling them on the black market. <laughs> That's how we fund this podcast. Yeah. And if you want to buy a baby, we've got great babies in <laughs> stock. <laughs> <and> Rob, <laughs> baby, you can advertise that on the, right. your separate website. At unpainted babies. <laughs> <laughs> Twitter, we're at rewatchability. Facebook.com slash rewatchability. I yeah. think that's everything other than your baby, yeah. baby <laughs> selling business. That buy, buy a t-shirt on TeePublic? Yeah, buy a t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Go to patreon.com slash rewatchability. I said that already. I said it again. <laughs> I, don't oh, I don't know why that was so aggressive at the end. Please get me out of here. Please get me out of here. Got awkward. Got awkward. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.